Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. Boy, Judy, we have a lot to get done. So little time to do it. Well, let's get going. The voice of Bart Simpson, Nancy Cartwright, joins us today. Don't have a cow, man. Also from Mad TV. Do you watch Mad TV at all? I do. I love it. I, I love it. I watch it religiously. Deborah Wilson. I think she's, she's actually Deborah Wilson Skelton now. I believe she got married. That's something her like name. That. Yes. She plays Oprah on Mad TV. She'll be joining us. Uh, one of the Gilmore Girls will be joining us live from the Hollywood uh, Gala Party for the Farm Sanctuary. And more of your funniest cat names to win a scoop-free automatic litter. These are awesome. We have them all over the studios. <laughs> Boy, they're a time saver. <laughs> Just load them, leave them, and love them. Uh, that's actually their motto. Also, a chiropractor for your dog. Does it sound so crazy? Oh, wait a minute. I want a chiropractor for myself. I, see, I got this little pain over here. I bet she yeah. do. She's pointing at me. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even looking, but I could tell, she, could was, tell. she was pointing at me. Also, animal communicator Joy Turner joining us if you want to talk to your pet. one 405 8405 Also this week, uh, sad news. The loss of Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. We'll find out all the details behind that. But first, let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? This is Sherry from Washington State. Hi, Sherry. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Hi, Sherry. How you doing? Excellent. And you? I'm trying to talk today. <laughs> you know, I only have to do it for two hours every week. and. Uh, oh, well, that's not much. No, it really isn't. Well, it is for him. <laughs> what, what can we do for you, Sherry, from Washington State? Well, I tell you what, I am looking to be the winner of this new cat trade. I clean the litter out of my house forever. Oh, you must be talking about the scoop-free litter, the automatic litter. Oh, boy, you're not kidding. I need a scoop-free better than anybody I know. I'm I'm a busy woman. I don't have time for this. Well, this is good because we have four of them here at the studios, and... uh, uh, we, Judy, it was your yeah. responsibility to clean them up. And- Every day I was scooping litter. We have four studio cats. But if you have one cat, the litter will last 30 days. You don't have to do anything. What, and- what's his motto? Uh, load it, leave it, and uh, love, love it. it. Uh, yes. Love it. Certainly yes. will. We have a bunch of them to give away, but of course it's for the funniest cat name contest. And uh, you can enter by actually going to the AnimalRadio.com website. And uh, right there on the front page, there's a picture of a pink scoop-free box. Click on that, and it'll take you to a web page that, uh, that has a, an entry form. Or you can call in here at 1-866-405-8405, as you've done, I imagine. Uh, do you have a cat with a funny name? Yes, I do. And what, what is his name? His name is Pew. <laughs> okay, why? besides the obvious. Why is that? Yes. <laughs> well, we actually found him in an old abandoned Catholic church underneath the pew, so oh. we named him Pew. Oh, pew like that. Okay, very cute. good. I thought maybe Pew because of litter box problems, you know. Well, that was after. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you're not going to have any more litter box problems if you win one of these scoop free. We'll enter you right now. Uh, if you have a funny name out there, you want to call in at 1 866 just like Sherry has done, uh, we can qualify you. Or you can head to the Animal Radio website at AnimalRadio.com and sign up there uh, for the Scoop Free Contest. Got to do it fast. Uh, I believe we have less than a month away on this. Yes, we do. Get okay. your entry in now. Hold on, Sherry. Okey-doke. Now, every once in a while, we get uh, one of these assignments where, well, we don't want to do it. Judy doesn't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, this one was 
the Hollywood gala party for the Farm Sanctuary. Let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, who wants to mingle with celebrities for hours? Yeah, not my ideal of a great uh, night. No, so we sent uh, Jan Sluzer out to go do that. This is Jan Sluzer reporting for Animal Radio. I'm at the, the Farm Sanctuary's Hollywood Hills party for the animals. Yeah, 20th gala. 20th gala. And there I see Deborah Wilson Skelton, the actress, who has made a name for herself playing Oprah Winfrey, among other characters. And uh, Deborah, Deborah, may I have a moment of your time, oh, please? Take can we uh, can we yap about some animals? For Let's a yap bit? about some animals. Okay, what brought you here tonight? Well, I have volunteered with Farm Animal Sanctuary, and they are having their 20th anniversary gala celebration because it's been around for 20 years, which means there are 20 years worth of animals whose lives have been made better and who've had a better quality of life because of them. So I came to celebrate and enjoy some really amazing vegan cuisine. Great. And what drew you to volunteer for this organization in the first place? Well, there are so many organizations that I volunteer with, um, and I have a consortium of organizations that I volunteer with that are at-risk youth organizations. And, um, and my other love, which is animal organizations, from New Leash on Life Animal Rescue to Animal Avengers to uh, this organization right here, uh, Farm Sanctuary. Simply because most people, when they think of pets and when they think of animals, they think of those that we have a relationship with as far as a quality relationship with. But we don't realize that, you know, people are still eating animals that have a quality relationship that they don't even think about. There is a quality relationship with animals that are with farm animals. And so it's not just about protecting dogs and cats. It's also protecting sheep and goats and chickens and cows and rams and bulls. Because these animals are normally factory farmed. And I've seen some footage of factory farming, and it is brutal. And it really isn't a statement about these poor animals that have been violated as much as it is about how we as human beings violate ourselves by destroying other things. So it became a huge organization because I can't look at meat and I can't look at an animal without thinking about the quality of life that I'm supposed to be living in order to support that kind of behavior or not support, actually, that kind of behavior. So it was, for me, a no-brainer to get involved and, and to become, because of that, become a vegetarian. How long have you been a vegetarian now? Um, I've been a vegetarian now for about six months. I had been a vegetarian and a vegan for quite a long time ago and then went back to eating just, just uh, like chip, chip free for the most part and, and various fish for the most part and, and seafood crustaceans. But um, I have not eaten meat or pork or any heavy duty fowl like that for I would say about a 28 years. And then after going to their uh, gala and auction in New York City a couple of months ago, I decided that I was done. Once I saw factory farming of chickens and saw the footage from there, uh, I realized that every quality of life is important. Everything that has flesh has a quality of life. And um, whether it does or doesn't is not my priority to be concerned with. The bottom line is I believe that it does, and I choose not to eat anymore. So uh, the day of Farm Animal Sanctuary, I said I cannot become, I cannot become a person who eats meat again or, or ever again. In fact, they had a meat dish that was a vegan dish and as soon as I tried it it, it tastes so much like beef although it was completely 100% vegan that I couldn't eat it I could not bring my own consciousness to swallow it I had to say I can't eat this meal so <laughs> I, I'm done with the flesh I've done with the flesh for quite a long time and I have a healthier lifestyle a happier lifestyle um, I found balance within myself physically and spiritually and emotionally, and I found balance with what I need to do in life, and it's been fantastic ever since. Deborah Wilson Skelton, this is Jan Sluzer reporting for Animal Radio at the Farm Sanctuary Gala.
let's track down some of the celebs here. Oh, there's Kelly Bishop from the Gilmore Girls. Kelly, hey Kelly, how you doing? I'm Jan Sluzer from Animal Radio. Can we yap about some animals for a while? Oh, woof, 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 let's do. Okay. <laughs> Tell me why you came out here tonight. Well, I'm a great supporter of every animal organization. Uh, I love the people, I love the work they do, and we know that the animals need it, so whenever I'm available and they ask me, I'm there. Tell me, where do you think this love for animals comes from? From your childhood? Did you have pets when you were a kid? Yes, we had pets, and uh, we were also never discouraged from bringing home strays. Uh, they were taken to the vet, they were taken care of, and they were, homes were found. And that was that was just solid. There was never a question about even baby birds, you know, that were, came out of the nest. But uh, as I look at uh, photographs of my family through the ages, I, you know, the grandparents, the great-grandparents, there's always a dog in the picture or a cat. So I realize that it's in my blood by now. So it's, it's a totally natural thing to me. I don't understand why everybody doesn't feel that way, frankly. I am with you on that one. So tell me, uh, there are a lot of animal organizations that you could have chosen, and maybe, in fact, you're involved in a lot of them, but... Why Farm Sanctuary? Well, this is another uh, area of, of the animal world that is uh, so sadly misunderstood by the populace. Uh, people don't want to know. They don't want to know the suffering. Uh, and I think reform is desperately needed. Uh, I do, as you mentioned, uh, uh, support many, many animal organizations and environmental ones. But uh, I've, I've said all along respect if you can just start from that level just respect the animals and show them a decency and kindness uh, at least it's a start but we need to we need to alert the public uh, they you know they need to know because they're they're hiding uh, their their feelings and they're looking the other way and that's got to stop if you're a pet owner uh, be responsible about spaying and neutering be responsible about giving them companionship and kindness and walks and all of the things that go along with being uh, an animal we don't call them owners anymore but having a companion animal and I feel that same way about every animal I have a lot of trouble with zoos I will not go to the rodeo even though I was raised in Colorado and I went as a kid but I always watched that bucking horse after it kicked the rider off and he was still bucking and I got very disturbed about that strap. And I, circuses, same thing. They took me to the circus as a kid. I wouldn't go near a circus now. So, so it's all of the animals and it's got to be about respect. Actress Kelly Bishop, I'm Jan Sluzer for Animal Radio. Thanks so much, Jan. Doing the dirty work for us. <laughs> Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we'll be finding out what really happened with Steve Irwin, the croc hunter who was accidentally killed this week at 44 years old. Animal Radio is brought to you by PetMate. When transporting your pet kennel size is critical to your pet safety, the new PetMate Very Kennel Ultral is available in, a, available in a wide variety of colors and sizes, and it meets airline requirements. Visit them at www.petmate.com. I'm Margaret Jenkins, and I breed and train dogs for people who are sight impaired. Our owners rely on our dogs, and I rely on Biospot. These dogs, they help guide their owners through everyday life, so they don't have time to scratch because of fleas and ticks. In the 20 years I've been doing this, I have tried a lot of products, and I've found that Biospot is as effective as what I used to get at my vet, but it's available at my local pet store, and it's guaranteed to work. Biospot is simple, providing many breeds of dogs and cats with relief without constant application. 
applications. BioSpot is really effective. One application keeps pets free of fleas and ticks and even mosquitoes for up to four weeks. And it kills flea eggs and larvae for up to four months. BioSpot is also a great value. It's about a third the cost of leading veterinarian brands. And it's guaranteed to work with all sizes and breeds of dogs and cats or your money back. These dogs have to be at their best. So I rely on the best. BioSpot. Go to biospot.com today. It's the choice of professionals. Scoop Free is the first litter box you can leave alone for weeks at a time with no scooping, cleaning, or refilling. Scoop Free is a revolution in automatic litter boxes. Its disposable throwaway trays are filled with fresh step crystal litter that provide unbeatable odor control and are so convenient. After about 30 days per cat, just replace a disposable litter tray and that's it. Just load it, leave it, and love it. Available at select pet stores and at ScoopFree.com. Well, you've heard us talking about Get Serious, the pet stain odor and pheromone extractor for several months now, and how easily it removes carpet stains left from cat vomit. Now I want to talk to you about a problem dog owners face. It's called remarking. If your dog remarks, you might have thought about banishing him from the house, or worse, taking him to the shelter. You use other cleaners, but your dog keeps going back to the same spot. Don't blame your pet because you used a product that didn't get the job done. End the problem with Get Serious. The pheromones, there's something you can't smell. They draw them back to the same spot. Get Serious is the only product that totally extracts the pheromones so your pets won't be attracted back to Remark. Get Serious is recommended by rescue groups and veterinarians. And Get Serious keeps pets in homes and out of shelters. You can find Get Serious at PetSmart and in fine pet stores all over. Visit their website at GetSeriousProducts.com. Again, that's GetSeriousProducts.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. We're calling Mark Richmond today. Uh, Of course, this last week, one of the top news stories was the unfortunate loss of Steve Irwin, the croc hunter. And uh, you had a chance to work briefly with Steve Irwin. That's right, Hal, yeah. We have uh, all kinds of different stories surfacing here in the States. uh, And I'm wondering if you can tell us what what happened? What happened? Well, well the stories we're getting so far is that is, is that um, he was just snorkeling over the um, over the stingray with a cameraman uh, to one side or below the stingray, and for some reason the the raiders lashed out, and the barb got him. And now, mm. whether he was too close um, or the cameraman was too close and startled it, who knows? Well, um, these are bottom dwellers, are they not? They are bottom dwellers, um, and normally, if, if they're approached, they just take off. Mm-hmm. And when I, I've worked in in, in 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 an aquarium in Sydney, and we have large rays in there, and uh, even though they're very friendly, you get you get too close, and they just take off and never react like uh, like we saw happen to uh, happen to Steve. It's just uh, when I first heard the, heard the news, I, I just couldn't believe it. It was just you know. But as people have said before, and I know with working. Uh, in Aquaria, that um, once you're in the water, we're out of our element, so you know you can't react as fast. Sure, they're, they're harder to read underwater because uh, you're out of your element completely. So I don't know; it's just an absolute tragedy. Uh, we're getting reports that perhaps if Steve had left the barb in, now he he attempted to pull it out, or he did pull it out, but perhaps if he had left it in, he would have survived the venom, perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, I've, I've heard the same reports. And I know when you learn first aid that if you get an impaling wound, you know, a stick or a knife, and you leave it in. But, 
now you're underwater, you've just been smacked in the chest by something that's very, you know, that, that hurts a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. surely it must be just a gut reaction to, you know, to, to wrench it out. Sure. I mean, right. I mean, and there's no guarantee that if he left it in, he would have survived anyway. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, your first reaction is just to grab it and pull it out. Yeah, that that's, that's, that would be my first reaction straight away. Mm-hmm. It, it would, you know, just a natural reaction, surely. They were uh, filming uh, for a special, and that has become a uh, topic of controversy, too. Apparently, the film is not in the best of hands. I, I guess it's in the hand of the police department, is that correct? That's right. The, the police have the video, uh, the actual videotape that was actually uh, being filmed at the time, and I believe that will be passed on to the coroner. So, uh, I mean, um, there's great the concern that it's going to be duplicated, yes, or, or, or uh, what? I hope not. I, I hope. I really hope that the, uh, once the coroner's finished with it, that it's destroyed. I don't think anybody should see that, particularly not um, Bindi and Bob and, and Terry, obviously. But you know, in this multimedia world, you never know. I, I just. I really hope not. I don't think. I, I think it should be destroyed straight away. I really do. Yeah. Unfortunately, the media likes the shock value and likes to. <laughs> exactly right. And mm-hmm. and you can't believe the reaction that we're getting from kids, particularly in in Australia. I mean, he was a huge hero, particularly to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because of his work um, with the Wiggles, and the Wiggles, I'm sure you know, a very, very popular um, children's group. I was giving a talk to a kindergarten just uh, just yesterday, and halfway through the talk about reptiles, a little girl, four years old, just piped up, are you going to be the new crocodile hunter now that Steve's dead? Oh, mm. wow. uh, you know, so the effect on kids in particular, and, it's, and, and, and I can imagine the effect on kids if that video does get out. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be terrible. It oh. really is, you know, because they're so young. I don't think they can quite comprehend what's happened, but uh, shocking to say the least. Yes, there was some talk about a state funeral. They've been offered a state funeral, but that perhaps it will or won't happen. What? What do you know? Well, I've heard. Uh, I've heard uh, Bob. Uh, Bob Irwin, um, Steve's father, not not, not the son, Bob. Um, obviously, um, talking that he's turned the state funeral down. Um, they said Steve wouldn't uh, wouldn't want it. Because uh, he's, you know, he's a regular kind of guy. That, uh, the state funerals are for, you know, politicians and generals and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I think it's right. Uh, there's talk of, of some kind of memorial service after the after the funeral. Um, that well, I think would be slightly more appropriate than a state funeral itself. Okay, let's say we run into one of these little critters, these stingrays. First of all, where are we going to find them? What kind of water will we? Let's say I go vacationing in Hawaii. Am I to not only look out for jellyfish, but now stingrays? Yeah, uh, um, we find stingrays, um, you know, all over the world, and, and they're typically around sa- sandy bottomed areas. They, they kind of nestle down in the sand. And if you're walking around, I mean, most people, if they're, if they're stung by one, are actually actually stung on the foot because mm-hmm. they stand on it by accident. It's trying to hide out of the way. Uh, but the one that got uh, Steve is a big one. It's a, it's a very, very big ray. Um, normally, you wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't have thought if you're looking, uh, you know, what you're doing, walking walking around. And nine times out of ten, they'll just take off. So it, it's like anything. If you go into another animal's environment, we have to just be cautious and uh, careful about what, what we do, especially if we don't you know, know the animals. Um, of course, people involved in wildlife knows them a little bit better than the general public and uh, react differently to them, but uh, just be a little bit cautious. So the venomous from the stingray isn't necessarily fatal? Not necessarily fatal. It's um, Most marine poisons, and I've been stung in the back of my leg by uh, by a lionfish, and most marine, uh, it just, it hurts. It uh-huh. hurts a lot. And um, uh, what tends to happen is you get, you get stung, you 
put your foot or whatever part of your body in very, very warm water, and it actually breaks the poison down very, very quickly, and the pain goes away. Uh-huh. I mean, there are some animals in the sea that if, if they sting, it, it, it can be fatal. In, in Australia, we have, of course, a box um, jellyfish or, uh, and a smaller one called the Irukandji, which um, um, can sting you so bad that it can, have a, you know, it can have fatal consequences, and the stonefish as well. But um, generally, um, it's, it's more painful than fatal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are these stingrays uh, native to Australia at all? Are the stingrays? Yes. Yes, they are, yeah. You have, you have very beautiful coastline, I would imagine that they are. Yes, yes, we do. We have a, we have a beautiful co- coastline. Um, I worked for many years up in Cairns and up in the far north of Queensland. And part of the problem there is you've got the beautiful Barrier Reef. It's very, very hot in summer, and you basically can't go in the water. <laughs> There's crocodiles in the rivers. Yes. And summertime, we have these uh, these stingers, the marine stingers, the, the box jellyfish in the Irukandji. You've got to swim in inside special nets to, to keep them out. So it's a beautiful coastline, but there is mm-hmm. stuff in there that uh, can cause a few problems. So is this going to affect the future work uh, of these animals for people like you? Are you going to be restricted now? Uh, no, I don't think we'll be re- uh, be restricted um, at all. It, it, this was a freak accident, mm-hmm. and, and, and accidents do happen. And if, if we, because it's, he's, so, he's so well known, and it's um, it's made obviously headlines all around the world. Um, but if you kind of put it into, into perspective, very few people throughout the world are actually killed by animals when compared to things like motor cars. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, so it. I mean, though it's a tragedy, and it's you know it's creating a lot of attention. Um, I don't think it'll restrict anybody working with the animals at all. Have there been many deaths from stingrays? Apparently, in Australia, uh, the reports I'm reading there are have been three in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no details on those of how they occurred. We just know that there were um, three de- uh, three deaths. Um, I saw a a report a few weeks ago. We actually did a story on it on Pet Talk Radio mm-hmm. um, about. The number of human deaths caused by animals, and it was quite surprising that most deaths caused by animals in Australia were caused by dogs, cattle, and horses. Wow! Compared huh. to our wildlife, yeah, it was mm-hmm. quite surprising. Mm. People have this weird idea that Australia is full of deadly and dangerous animals. Mm-hmm. And between 2000 and 2005, um, there were eight people who died from snake bite, eleven people um, died from shark attacks, five people killed by crocodiles, thirteen killed by dogs. 20 by cattle and 40 by horses. Yeah. Wow. That puts it in perspective. It does. Yes. The crocodile sounds just about the same uh, as I would have expected. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's quite rare. and Because people are more aware of it now. If, you know, crocodiles don't attack you in the shopping center car park. <laughs> if you go in their territory, then, uh-huh. uh, then you are putting yourself at risk. Yes. Very good. Uh, Mark Richmond joining us, a professional herpetologist. And uh, you, you uh, like to hang out with monitor lizards, huh? That's a, yeah, monster lizards, or as we call them down here, goannas are, are my favourite, and crocodiles as well. I, I learned very, very young that venomous snakes are, um, can be dangerous, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as I get older, um, uh, my reactions are getting a little bit slower, so I, I find it uh, better to work with goannas and, and lizards. And, uh, are they a little bit slower? Um, no, but the consequences are <laughs> might not be quite as bad. <laughs> And can you talk about my age? It's, it's, it's quite weird. I, I, I don't know if you know, I was actually born in the in England and moved to Africa in uh, when I was about seven years old. Wow. Steve and I were actually, actually born two days apart. Wow. Steve was born on the 22nd of February, 62. Uh-huh. I was born on the 24th of February, 62. Both on opposite sides of the world, doing the, uh, the same kind of thing. Steve in a, obviously a much better and much more successful way than me, but uh, it's, it's kind of 
kind of spooky and weird, really. Uh-huh. Well, we hope to uh, hear from you again. I hope that uh, we can check in with you every time we have a little lizard question or a reptile question. No problems, Hal and Judy. That's uh, no problems at all. We appreciate your time. Mark Richmond joining us live from Australia on Steve Irwin's death. More Animal Radio on the way. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. Coming up in just a couple of seconds here, Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, joins us here at Animal Radio. Very excited about that. Don't forget your last chances to enter the summer giveaway uh, happening right now. Check out the webcam if you haven't seen all the gifts, the great gifts. The only thing that's not in the webcam right now is the Nintendog from Nintendo. But it's going to be there, I promise you. One thing that's in there... And we're happy to be brought to you by Drinkwell, the Drinkwell Aqua Garden Fountain, the original pet fountain. It features a patented free-falling stream of water, and it holds more than a gallon of water. Keeps your pets hydrated and healthy, and you know that's important. Check it out, the Drinkwell Fountain. Well, Judy, the fun thing about our next guest is uh-huh. uh, last week uh, we had a celebrity who you knew who he was, Gary Berghoff, Radar from MASH. Right. You're able to... This next celebrity... She is uh, probably one of the best-known celebrities we've had on the show, except if you run into her in the supermarket, you're probably not going to recognize her. No, even if you hear her voice, you probably won't recognize sure her Sure you voice. will. You think so? Yeah. Does that ever happen to you, Nancy? Are you at the cash register at, at, at uh, let's say, a supermarket, and you're checking out, and you say something, and somebody says, hey, I know who you are? You know what? Rarely. Because when you hear my normal voice, which is the one I'm using right now, yes, um, I don't think I sound like like here's here's Bart Simpson, right? What's happening, man? Yo, Judy, hi. What's happening, dudes? Uh, Nancy Cartwright, Bart Simpson, and of course a multitude of other voices, which we're just finding out. I'm actually realizing that uh, boy, you you do a lot of animal voices on a lot of different other programs. You're uh, uh, Chucky on Rugrats. You're Rufus, the naked mole rat on Kim Possible. Yeah. I've been Little Ponies. I've been a gusty pony on My Little Pony, and I think I think I did about eight ponies: Sunflower Pony, Baby Pony, Star Dancer Pony, <laughs> bunch of ponies. I've been a snork. I'm not sure what a snork is, what kind of an animal that is. <laughs> but I was a snork. I've been. What else have I been animal wise? Um, oh, uh, well, another critter who I don't know is an animal or an alien was FX. I think he might have been an alien. <laughs> I've had my share of non-humanoid critters. Well, you know what? You have probably the most fun gig in the world. And uh, I don't know if this is what you wanted to be when you, when, when you were a kid. Yeah, Did you really? say, when I grow up, I want to be a voiceover artist like you are? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, it sort of was presented to me in a way. But as a kid, I, would, I, I like to tell jokes and do sound effects. And people would laugh. And I always liked making people laugh. So I got involved in theater so I could keep doing that. And then by the time I got in high school, of course, I did community theater and the junior and senior class plays, but they had a speech team, and I competed on the speech team, and I would tell stories and change my voice and just do a bunch of different voices. And the judges would say to me, you know, you've got an unusual voice, you should do cartoons. Wow. So they sort of put it there for me, but this was in Dayton, Ohio, not not exactly the animation capital of the world, <laughs> no. you know? No, it isn't. Well, so do you have any pets at home? Yes. Well, tell us about your pets at home. We have tons of pets. Really? Um, I live on a, a one-acre ranch-style, well, it's a, a kind of a country farmhouse, and we, we just got finished renovating it. I've got uh, two dogs. I've got a golden retriever named Lydia. 
um, and a little mixed dog, Buddy. He's kind of, I think he's a, he's a combination of like a, a black lab and a, and a, and a Dalmatian and a Ferrari because he runs really fast. <laughs> he's a cool little guy, a little buddy. And we have three cats. We have Emma, who's totally black, and then there's Pip Pip and Cheerio. <laughs> and you know what? We just got, we put in this, um, saltwater fish tank uh-huh. and we've got the most beautiful oh i am in love we've got seahorses we've got these two oh, seahorses wow. and they're so yummy they're just like they're magical and i just every day going down there and they're you know you have to, to take a little bit of extra care to, to feed them because uh-huh. they don't have the abilities like normal fish do but, but they just kind of dance and they swirl and they go with the flow of the water and they're starting to get more confidence with, with this environment because they've only been with me since I don't know the second week of January. So uh-huh. they're really getting they're getting acclimated to this space and oh they're just magical. Well, uh, don't they uh, normally carry the children in uh, uh, the mail? D- the mail usually. Yeah, it's it's quite a different system where. The female has the eggs, and then she plants them into the male, mm-hmm. and then the male, they get, they get embedded into the interior lining of the male's pouch. Mm-hmm. Then he will, um, he, whatchamacallit, fertilizes them, and then he incubates them for, the, the, like for two to three weeks and feeds them internally and then actually gives birth to them. And wow. he, they can have as many as 1,500 little baby seahorses at wow. one, one have, shot. Have you gone through that process yet? No, not yet. Me personally? <laughs> Me personally, I've carried my own two babies. <laughs> and do you know if you have a male and a female? We do. We have one of oh. each. And typically the males are a little bit smaller than the females. I'll tell you, this little female, her name is Giddyup. They're Giddyup and Seabiscuit. And little Giddyup, she is amazing because within two days, she was just totally exploring the entire tank. She would, she would float, she would lift her body, and she would just float up to the top, kind of go up to the top. Then she would lay horizontal, and then the weight of her snout, and then when she would curl her tail, it would form a ballast, and like a parachute, she would drop down to the bottom. Wow. And she would just dance and swirl and then spiral across she just is in love being here she it's just and it's just terrific watching them they're, so, they're much better than a television oh <laughs> yes if you have too many babies can you spay and neuter seahorses yeah, I don't know, if you yeah. I, don't know if you... I don't think I want to get into that <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there well now are you species uh, we have uh, fish we have cats we have dogs which one do you like the most Oh gosh! No, they—they—it's yeah, they, sort of like friends or children. They all give you—you mm-hmm. you get different, you know, different kinds of love, and you get different kinds of—I um, don't know—it's—it's a, it's a different kind of a flow with each one of them. They all have their benefits. Yeah, absolutely. Lydia, the golden retriever, she's just—you know—she just comes up to you and immediately she's down on her back, wanting you to scratch her <laughs> tummy. <laughs> and Buddy tries to jump up in your lap, but he's way too big for that, and he wants to go home with you. He thinks he's a human. <laughs> Everybody wants to take Buddy home. And the cats, the cats are really kind of like our office cats. Our, I have an office space. We converted a, I have a separate garage that's detached from the house. Mm-hmm. And we keep the cats over there, and they sort of rule the place. They have their own baskets in the office, and they jump up at the end of the day. They always know that it's getting towards the end of the day, and people are going to be leaving. So, of course, they hop up on my assistant's desk, and Cheerio is such a big fat. He's kind of a marmalade-colored little guy, uh-huh. but with a big head, and you kind of want to, like, squeeze him, you know? Uh-huh. 
I love my pets, and you know, living on this this kind of farm, we've we, I've sort of turned it back into the original farm that it was. We're building a a big old barn. And I have a, I guess my prize pet probably would be my life-size fiberglass Holstein cow. No <laughs> <laughs> <And> milk dud. <laughs> milk dud? Yeah. You, you said fiberglass, right? She's fiberglass. She, she's fiberglass. But you know what? She's, like I said, milk dud. She doesn't actually give milk, unfortunately. But That's the name. Well, I had to do it because they don't have a cow, man, because I decided I should have a cow. <laughs> We're talking with Nancy Cartwright, of course, the voice of uh, many cartoon voices, but most prominently the uh, voice of Bart Simpson uh, from The Simpsons. And, of course, they had Santa's Little Helper and uh, a bunch of experiences with animals. The one thing I really love about The Simpsons is that they're uh, conscious about the animals. And you've had several episodes which you've dealt with issues regarding We have, and I think we've actually gotten some awards. We've gotten several awards for stepping out and um yeah well with the exception of whacking day remember that one that's when yeah. <laughs> it took the snakes and had whacking day your first pet as as a youngster you i guess you've had pet you say you love pets you've had pets yeah. most of your life what what was your first pet cat dog and and how did it uh, make an influence on you the first pet that we had was uh we had basset hounds when, we, when i was growing up Aww. and i remember um the first one that we had was lady and i was so young gosh i think i was probably maybe about four years old, and uh, and then Lady had puppies, and one of them was Pearl, and we, then we kept Pearl. We always had dogs, though, I don't know, and I don't know why we never had cats, but as soon as I could, I got, my, I got cats. I yeah. wanted to have cats, too. And I, I just, you know, I don't know if other kids make this mistake, but, man, when I grew up, I always thought... The dogs were the males and cats were females. Sure, I understand that. <laughs> Go figure. That is just like, I don't know how old I was before I figured out that mistake. Wow. And then you get to the real world and you realize that the seahorses are, are having the babies and, the, and that the birds are, the boy birds are usually the prettier birds, which doesn't apply in the human world. Exactly. Exactly. Um, no, as a kid, we, we always had dogs growing up. Um, mostly, I remember our dog that we had named Barney, and Barney was a Schnauzer, Cocker, Spaniel, Dachshund mix. Schnock-a-cock-a-dock, I think, is the, <laughs> the correct term for him. Um, but Barney was such a good guy, and I remember going off to college, and my heart was broken because, you know, I had to leave, and it was it was Barney probably that I was going to miss the most. Uh-huh. But just having a, an animal around and an animal there to greet you when you get home from a, either coming home from school or, you know, as an adult coming home from work, it's just, and they're so dedicated, and I love having dogs and cats, and they can actually, in our house, I don't know if this is typical, but they, they actually get along with each other. It's uh-huh. amazing. Uh-huh. I mean, they have their own space, and sometimes the cats really want to, you know, stick out their own territory, but for the most part, there's kind of a, a mutual understanding of mm-hmm. the species. It's pretty wild. Did you ever practice any of your character voices on your pets when you were younger? You know what? You get a t-shirt for that. <laughs> Nobody has asked me that question. It always amazes me that after all these years that, you know, somebody can actually come up with a fresh question I've never answered before. But no, I have never used my animals as guinea pigs. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say yes. No. Nancy, the voice of Bart Simpson, we appreciate you spending time and telling us about your love of animals today. Oh, you bet. Love them. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
<laughs> Looks like you caught me peeking in your bathroom closet. Hi, I'm Be Humane, star of Be Humane Go Shopping. Perhaps you've heard of me. You've got a lot of stuff that was tested on animals. Shampoo, cleaner, mascara. Did you know that some of these companies still test their products on animals? Throw this stuff out. You see, you have a choice when buying your household and cosmetic products. You can make a difference for animals by only buying cruelty-free products. What? How do you know these products are cruelty-free? Request a free compassionate shopping guide from AAVS. To know which companies are cruelty-free, just call 1-800-SAY-AAVS or visit www.aavs.org and look for my movie, Be Humane, Go Shopping. Don't forget, 1-800-SAY-AAVS or visit www.aavs.org. Do not adjust your station. That's not static. It's a dozen dogs who got the number two flea control product just one week ago, and they're already scratching away. Now hear this. Silence. The sound of a dozen dogs who used Frontline Plus four weeks ago. So which dogs would you rather have in a cramped radio booth with you? Hey, give me back my shoe. Frontline Plus. It's waterproof and kills fleas fast all month long. Say goodbye to fleas and ticks. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stand strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. The Veterinary Minute is brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. Made from whole kernel corn, World's Best Cat Litter has superior odor control without the use of perfumes and scents, and is clumpable and scoopable. It is also truly septic-safe and flushable. Ask your grocer or pet supply store for World's Best Cat Litter. Chiropractic care in veterinary medicine. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting. Mention chiropractors, and you'll get a variety of opinions and experiences. Well, now that includes experiences with our animal friends. People who have had positive chiropractic experiences now want their pets and their horses to experience it too. More than 500 veterinarians and chiropractors across the United States have formed the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association, a group dedicated to performing chiropractic for pets. Founded in 1989, the AVCA helps certify doctors who have undergone animal chiropractic training and ensure they meet adequate standards. Pet owners should be extremely wary of anyone who calls themselves an animal chiropractor because they may lack a veterinary degree or a degree in chiropractic medicine. Many pets have been harmed by well-meaning people with quote-unquote experience. In spite of some problems, many animal owners are excited about the drug-free, hands-on approach to their pet's health. 
Horse owners especially seek the assistance of an experienced veterinary chiropractor to improve the athletic performance of their animals without the use of drugs, which are many times prohibited in competition. Chiropractic medicine offers important therapeutic approaches for common problems not currently available in veterinary medicine, and some of the results can be significant. So if your veterinarian recommends some chiropractic treatment for your animals, you may want to give it a try. Just be sure to work with a doctor of veterinary medicine or a doctor of chiropractic medicine who has been specially trained with animals. Reporting for the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys on Animal Radio. Your cat deserves world's best cat litter. A new breed of cat litter with a level of performance that makes it worthy of the name world's best. Made from whole kernel corn, it binds odors naturally, resulting in superior odor control without the use of perfumes. It is truly flushable, clumpable, scoopable, biodegradable, and septic safe. You just scoop it and flush it. It's ideal for use in self-cleaning litter boxes. It is also veterinarian recommended and safe for kittens of all ages. Ask for world's best cat litter at your grocery store, PetSmart, Petco, and anywhere fine pet supplies are sold. We got to get out of here for this hour, but we want to remind you first, get qualified for the summer giveaway. Yes, there's lots of prizes. You don't want to miss it. Second, get qualified for an automatic scoop-free litter. Load it, leave it, and love it. By entering your funniest cat names at AnimalRadio.com. And also, don't forget, there's plenty of programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at AnimalRadio.com, as well as lots of great information update up-to-date news whenever we get it we have it there first steve Irwin, unfortunately left us this week and we pay tribute to him on animal radio this is breaking news television personality steve Irwin has died steve Irwin killed steve Irwin dead killed in a freak accident australia's famed crocodile hunter steve Irwin has died steve Irwin has been killed steve Irwin, known as the crocodile hunter has died after receiving a stingray barb to the chest he was attacked by a stingray killed by a stingray barb it turned quickly and lashed out with its tail killing him instantly steve Irwin, known as the crocodile hunter dead at 44 Today the world has lost a great wildlife icon, a passionate conservationist, and one of the proudest dads on the planet. Australia has lost a wonderful and colourful son. He was a great Queenslander and a great Australian. It's a huge loss. Certainly a larger than life character in many, many ways. And he left this world in a happy and peaceful state of mind. G'day, I'm Steve Irwin. He would have said, Crocs rule. And that's when the mateship started, right back when he was six, seven, eight years old. We used to go out in the bush and not do anything in particular, just go out in the bush. Steve and I weren't like father and son. We never were. We were good mates. I'll remember Steve as my best mate ever. So, yeah, my parents, mate, they they made me who I am today. He grabbed world fame as the crocodile hunter. She a beautiful crocodile. The two and three footers, a real mean wallop. This is the essence of what makes us tick. Loving and saving crocodiles. It's everything to us. But when I see the camera, mate, when I look down the lens, it's like I'm looking at you and I, and I actually have this gift of grabbing you and taking you with me on an adventure. 
So you feel like you're sharing it, you know, and I feel like I'm sharing the venom on my face from the spinning cobra with you. We're going to take you on an adventure to look at Australia's unique species, the freshwater crocodile. And see the way he pulls his little leg up? We don't even want to bruise his beautiful little legs. And yet if he gets half a chance, he'll whip my leg right off. He's coming straight at us. I barely made it out of the way. We love our crocs, even though if he gets half a chance, he'd kill any one of us. The Steve Irwin that you saw on the TV was the Steve Irwin in real life. I can't stop, mate. I'm on fire. I wake up in the morning and I'm on fire. I just can't do enough. He was a larrikin, yes, but he was a really warm-hearted bloke as well, and uh, he cared passionately about Australia. I am a wildlife warrior, and I'll fight, fight to the death for wildlife. He was the genuine article. Make no qualms about it. What you saw was what you got. He was genuine in what he did. What you saw was very, very genuine. Steve was the quintessential Aussie larrikin. I'm as Australian as the kangaroo or the koala, mate. He was a great Australian icon. His infectious, larger-than-life persona. There was nothing contrived. His willingness to embrace any number of fierce and venomous creatures. He was a genuine, one-off, remarkable Australian individual. And his signature catch cry, crikey, endeared him to the world. Oh, crikey! There's one thing that I, Steve Irwin, would want to be remembered for, is be remembered for passion and enthusiasm. Conservation is my job, my life, my whole persona. Crikey, I'm proud to be Australian. From all of us at Animal Radio, thanks, Steve. This is Animal Radio Network.